Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 565. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. I'll never worry again about having a dead battery with my NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in my glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that'll jumpstart a dead battery in my car, boat, truck, or RV. The Genius Boost features built-in spark-proof technology and reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart any of my vehicles. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are built from solid copper for maximum conductivity. There's a built-in ultrabite dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS and emergency strobe. I use my Genius Boost Jump Starter to charge my phone, tablet, and laptop while I'm on the road or if the power goes out in my home. The unit itself is easily rechargeable in my vehicle. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, the battery car source since 1914. I've got one in each of my vehicles. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Paul Chenard. Paul, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I'm always buckled up and ready for a fun ride. <laughs> awesome. Great to have you here. Paul Chenard is an automotive artist and writer who lives in Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada, with a passion for the history of automobile racing. His goal is to capture the feeling that enthusiasts have when watching a race. His art and writing has been featured in Classic and Sports Car, Classic Motorsport, Motorsport, Octane, Sports Car Market, and many other publications. He's written, illustrated, designed, hand-assembled, and published a limited-edition book titled Silver Clouds, the 1934 Grand Prix season, which quickly sold out. And today, he's working on two more automotive books, and Paul travels as a roving artist at events, including the Pinehurst Concorde d'Elegance and historic racing venues. And guess what, listeners? Today, Paul is giving away one of our lucky subscribers a limited edition Giclée of his fantastic artwork. It's a limited edition of 50. So at the end of our talk here, I'll tell you how you can subscribe and get your name thrown into that hat. So, Paul, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a moment and share just a little bit more about your career and your passion for automobiles. As a graphic designer, I like graphic things, so I started collecting vintage toys, and uh, I started collecting vintage race car toys, and I got very curious about why a manufacturer would go out of the way to create these wonderful shaped and colored little toys. So I started reading about it, and the more I read, the more I acquired this passion for the history. And in my collecting, I also collect art. And I also found that in my reading, artists weren't doing the art of what I was reading about. So I thought, well, someone's got to do it. I can't afford their art, and no one's doing the stories I'm reading about. So that's how it started. Ah. And it's, it's kind of addictive. Uh, the, the stories are, are absolutely fascinating. So I'm trying to bring that forward with my art and writing. Very nice. Well, uh I found Paul on Facebook. Somebody had posted a very interesting picture of him sitting in the middle of the street drawing a car. 
And I had captured the same thing of another artist at Pebble Beach Week years ago. So I posted that up there and that's how we connected. We have interesting backgrounds, very similar backgrounds in graphics and arts and so forth, although he's way more talented than I am when it comes to illustrations. Oh, I don't think so. (laughs) So uh, we're going to have some fun here. Well, as we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote. It's a great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So, Paul, take the wheel. Well, the the quote that resonates with me is uh, I've gone through some different issues in life, and there's one thing that I've noticed is – you know, if you wake up in the morning, that's great. So before I take a new challenge on, a new art piece or a new trip, uh, or uh, I, I look and it's, I just ask myself, is someone going to die if I don't succeed with this? And the answer is always no, no one will die. And it's funny, it's, it's, that, it's that little catalyst, that leap of faith that gets you going and the direction and. Uh, and also, to, it takes all your inhibitions away. When you look at it, you and then you just dive in. You focus on the project at hand, whether it be an art piece or a, a trip to the revival or anything like that. So it's kind of, you know, is anyone going to die if I don't succeed? And I find that works really well. Yeah, absolutely. And the other part of this is just, Get up and do it. Move forward. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I had you know? uh, Adam Carolla on Cars Yeah here, and I asked him a similar question around that topic, and he said, you know what? When I get up every morning, I just start moving my leg. I don't stop until I go to sleep that night. So you just got to keep moving, keep doing, keep creating, keep putting it out there. That's what it takes to be an entrepreneur, an artist, a writer, whatever it is that your yeah. passion is. So let's go back in time here. I'd love to hear a story about what instigated your passion for cars. Tell us that pivotal moment as you remember it when you really realized or you said to yourself, oh my gosh, I'm a car guy. It's funny. I I, I think I was always a kind of a closet car guy because I, I always drew when I was a kid. Uh, in fact, that's how I started doing my art. I was drawing. I was drawing cars and aircraft. And then I discovered woman at 16. And I, <laughs> I said, why am I drawing for it? So I stopped for about 32 years. But oh my gosh. in my hometown of Fredericton, New Brunswick, there wasn't much inspiration for cars. Really, there wasn't. So I, it's kind of hard to say. I think it came from my, like I said, my collecting toys. Uh, I did, I did have a lot of toys, but we used to melt them down and uh, <laughs> use the metal for other things. It was kind of dangerous, but it, it would. <laughs> anyway, I, we had lots of toys, uh, metal toys, dinky toys, corgi toys, matchbox. But I, I kind of feel like I was a closet, uh, closet car guy until it kind of revived itself, came back out of you as you got a up here later in life because now you are a car guy i mean you go to all these events you sit and you draw cars you create cars you write about cars so uh yeah it came back yeah i'm I'm wearing it it wears like a very comfortable sweater it's kind of where the passion for cars and the passion for art came together that's where everything kind of clicked and it made it just makes perfect sense to me i don't know it just seems to be (laughs) my raison d'etre there you go. There you go. Well, Paul, I would love to take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and crawl under the hood and ask you to share with our listeners a huge challenge or even better, a big failure that you faced along the way in your career. We all run into these roadblocks, these road hazards, uh, barriers and things we come up against. But the really most important part of this has to do with how did you overcome it and what did you learn from it? So take us to that painful time and then teach us how you got out of it. Well, I kind of went on the limit of like I, I got kind of it's kind of addictive this car world and 
the more I got into it, and as I was doing art and getting feedback from people, I thought, oh my gosh, there's something going on here. And uh, there was always a great satisfaction in doing my art, my automotive car. There, there is an issue, though, and it's, it's the biggest challenge I have, is I do automotive racing history, mostly European Grand Prix racing and sports and GT. Well, when you look at Canada, we are not in that world. We're not really involved in that world. And, and then you look at my world of, you know, Eastern Canada, Atlantic Canada. We're so, you know, fisheries is what we're about. So there's a, a huge distance between the two. And I'm kind of hitting right now, hitting that hard because I go to the UK. I've been going to the UK and I'm discovering that, well, they treat me like a rock star. And then I come back here and no one knows who the heck I am. Uh -huh. And so this challenge right now, it's funny, I'm, I think I'm the, one of the world's most published automotive artists, but I can't make a living from it because to get to my markets, I incur huge, huge travel costs. Uh, okay. So I'm well in debt, well before any of, if I go to the Goodwood Revival, those, the artists from the UK have incurred some costs, but I'm like $3,000 more in debt than them so right. it's a it's big holes to dig out of so now i have to that's the the challenge that i've encountered but mm -hmm. i i know that i'm doing things that no one else is doing it's what i was meant to do so i i'm not being deterred by that i had to get a, a job okay i got a job no one died you know <laughs> yeah. again no one died and now i'm looking more at the american markets uh and they're, I'm getting more known. I've just been hired by the Classic Car Club of America to be their guest artist at their upcoming caravan event in awesome. New Hampshire. Awesome. I'm fairly stubborn, and I believe in what I'm doing. And I know I'm providing things that in my art and writings that no one else is doing. So I'm, I'm not one to give up. Maybe others would give up, but I'm, that's, not, that's not even in the card. I think it's very important when you're going through difficulties, to have a very clear vision of where you're trying to go. Mm -hmm. And that allows you to look past the difficulties and challenges. You know, absolutely. You bring up a great point. Entrepreneurs out there or people just beginning careers or beginning projects, to look at where you want to be, not to where you are. Always look way down the road. It's not unlike racing. They teach you always be looking down the road. You never look yeah. where you are because you're going to get there. And if you're not looking down the road, you're going to run into some stuff that you can't even see. So you bring up some really good points some really valid points. Just keep your head up, keep your eyes up, and keep looking down the road and look at where you want to be. Set your goals and head towards that. Let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share what I like to call a career aha moment. It's a time when uh, I say those headlights come on and kind of illuminate your way down the right path, the right roadway. And Tell us the steps you took to turn your aha moment into a success. Actually, every piece of art is a little bit of an aha moment, but it's degrees of aha moment. Like, for instance, my laser cut stainless steel. I got an email because I'm a graphic designer. I got an email from a company that cuts. They, they said, we can cut your, your logo out of stainless steel. So I called them up and I said, what do you need from me to do that? And they said, well, we need a vector EPS. And I went, so if I was to do an illustration, I have to provide a vectored version of that so you can cut it out of stainless steel. And they said, yeah, that's essentially the, that's it. It's a little more complicated than that, but 
I'm a forever curious person. So there are a lot of potential aha moments, and that was one of them. Even my book that I wrote, the My Hand Assembled Limited Edition book, I just thought I wanted to write a book before I left these surly bounds, as they say. And I mean, I'd never written a book, but, you know, I, do, I have a blog. I thought, well, okay, a book's just a lot of blog posts stuck together into a story. So, and it becomes a little, it's like that, that idea of how to eat an elephant one bite at a time. Well, as long as you don't let yourself get overwhelmed by a project, you can allow an aha moment to happen. And, and so I've got a lot of aha, yeah, aha moments waiting in the wings. I, <laughs> I, I don't sleep well quite often because I have too many aha moments. But you have to decide when you act on them. And, if right. you know, it goes right back to that statement, uh, is anyone going to die? You might have an aha moment, brilliant idea, but you, then you sit back, oh, no one does that. Well, that's the worst thing you can do. You, you have to act on it. You have to get it out. And then you, you only feel, you don't want to ever think, oh, I should have. Oh, yeah. I could have done this or I should have done this. Don't ever let yourself be in that position. You should always be living aha moment. Don't fall into the shoulda, woulda, coulda routine. Yeah, exactly. Because uh, as a friend of mine once told me, those are the words of a failure. Yes. Well, the the way I look at it, if you're not moving forward, you're actually moving backwards. Right. You're not standing still. You're actually moving backwards in life. So you always look forward. Absolutely. There's that heads up again. How about yeah. proudest career moments? I would assume you've had many that have popped up. How about sharing one of those with us? Well, the most probably the big uh, the big proudest moment was a series I did on Phil Hill, his history with Ferrari. I did this series, I wanted to do it, and then I sent it to Phil Hill, and he said, I love these, I'd like to sell them on my site. And then he signed the first 25 of the four, uh, there's four in the series, and he signed all uh, first 25 of the series, uh, of each of the four, 100 in all. And, I mean, I was just shocked, because he's one of my heroes, sure. and for someone like that to endorse your work, uh, like that was just a wow that was a quite a thrill and and now i don't i've been working with the danville tool d'elegance in uh, danville to uh, give to the parkinson's foundation because he died of parkinson's and that's how i decide to honor him i think it's important to honor your heroes yes and he's one of my big ones so that was that was it that was a big that was a big one. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I had the distinct pleasure of meeting Phil at a vintage oh, race. Oh. I was racing yet. I was running a Lotus 18. He came up to say hello to me, and I got to talk to him. Wonderful oh, guy. And wow. I had Phil's son, Derek Hill, as a guest here on Cars, yeah. And a shout-out to him. He just got married. Congratulations. Yeah, I know, yeah. I Derek, guess. very nice. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Phil Hill, yeah, one of those stars, a very gentle, kind, nice man. I have a great picture of my son with him when uh, Blake was just 10 years old with Phil uh -huh. Hill at the races. And uh, oh. yeah, there was something about Phil Hill that 
always reminded me of my grandfather, something in his eyes, the look, the sparkle in his eyes. So a uh, special guy. Congratulations for that. Well, Absolutely the, fantastic. The series he signed are actually, the because of his illness, he had great difficulty signing him. And they are actually the last limited editions he signed wow. by mine wow. before he passed away. So. Oh, goodness. What a treasure. Well, mm. let's go back in time again and have a little bit of fun. What was your first really special car? And maybe you could share a memory you have with that vehicle. Well, it, because uh, growing up in Fredericton, New Brunswick, there wasn't any really special cars. But my first car, of course, your first car is always special. I had a bright yellow 76 Honda Civic CBCC. And it was a sprightly car, and I pinstriped it. I kept that car just so lovely. And uh, I always had a fond memory for that car. And, and, and also the looks of it. It just, even now, I can look at one. You don't see them very often. No. Around here. But they look nice. They have a really nice look to them. And it, it had some get up and go. I could squeal the tires at every gear and I wouldn't with the tires were new. But uh, that's about my best personal moment uh, sure. or personal memory is my first car. That was a little tiny one, right? Yeah, they were, they were pretty tiny, but I don't know, they were kind of cool in many ways, you know, and it, it just, it had a right look to it. So, but I had to sell it to go to college to learn to become a graphic designer. There so. you go. Well, it served you well in a couple capacities then. Oh, I, yeah. I had a detailing business as a kid and one of my clients had one of those and she used to always tease me saying, you should only charge me half of what you charge everybody else because my car's so small, but oh, it, it had so much trim on it. It was so hard to wax because you had to work around all this trim and all the, you know, they, yeah, they put yeah. a lot of these little doodads on it, I think, to make it look better than it was. So, uh, but fun little cars. I managed to drive that back to my house. It was like a little go-kart. How about yeah. a car that you let go that you really wish you had back in your garage? Is there one of those in your life? Right now, I'm trying to, trying to let go of a uh, Chevy Aveo. And it's uh, probably the world, it's a, it's pavement gray. So it, it really ranks as the, one of the world's most boring <laughs> yeah. cars. It's, it's quite, quite boring. And I'm selling it because I, I got a line on a 1997 Buick Century Limited. And, and that's kind of like upper grade boring. <laughs> Did you say upper grade boring? Boring. Yeah. Boring. It's, it's, uh, but it's fine. It's uh, on my trips to uh, New England. It's a lot more comfortable than a Chevy Avio. Yeah, so. probably so. <laughs> anyway, there, there's nothing really that I've not had access to anything really special. In my toys, my toy collection is I'm very knowledgeable, and I have some very I I've learned to let go of uh, you know if one I don't get one like the CIJ. Alfa Romeo P2 is my my dream toy. Mm -hmm. And I did try to get one, but I, it's out of my league. I'll tell our listeners, uh, when Paul first called in, we're on a Skype here video, and behind me is a what used to be a china cabinet, but my lovely wife Jill has been kind enough to let me fill it with uh, toy model cars. And he, that's where his eye went first. He goes, ooh, look at that. I said, yeah, that's my medicine cabinet. So... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's where I keep all my toy cars. I always tell people I have a fantastic collection of collectible cars, and they can all fit on my desk. So, mm. <laughs> yeah, much more affordable, and you can enjoy them every day. You can at least look at them. Oh, yeah, I do. Quite a kid about that. Let's talk about today and what's coming up. I'd love for you to share projects you're working on right now that really have you excited and fired up. Well, the the one that's got me, I, I've got a couple of commissions I'm working on, one for a local guy, a Porsche commission, and one for a guy from Singapore. 
but there's a project that's half done sitting on my table, and it's a BMW camshaft lamp. A friend was uh, had these old BMW camshafts, and I've seen those camshaft lamps, but I've never quite seen one that I really get excited about. And, and he was throwing these camshafts out. So I said, okay, now's my opportunity to make my camshaft lamp. Sure. So what I've done, I've used a, I've polished it up. I've put all the hardware through it, but I've created a base that is Daytona 24-hour track. I've cut it out of oak. Uh-huh. And the start-finish line is inlaid pewter. Wow. And I've bolted the camshaft to that. And now I've got to paint the winning 1976 Daytona 24-hour winning BMW. And that project has a lot of potential because I've not seen anyone do it. It's going to be camshaft, fine art, and woodworking all combined together. And it... It just looks really sweet. So there's potential with that, with Porsche, Ferrari, even a Bentley. And uh, so this one, uh, I'll be sending you a photo of it as soon as it's finished. Uh, it's the next thing waiting after the commissions because I'm just chomping at the bit because this thing looks amazing already. So once I paint the car, the winning car in the lampshade, it's going to be pretty amazing. Well, you got me inspired because I have a camshaft that came out of my Lotus 18 Formula Junior race car. Oh. Blew the engine up at Sears Point, and uh, that was the recovered piece of the engine because the rest of it was uh, ventilated, as uh, my mechanic told me, with some holes oh, holes God. in it, sadly. And it's been sitting, it's kind of sitting behind me here, and I've always wanted to do something like that out of it. So when you send me that, that's going to inspire me to move forward and uh, have some fun out in the garage and uh, create something out of that camshaft. So. It's surprisingly easy to make a lamp out of a camshaft. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But to make something different is a little more of a challenge. Exactly, uh, exactly. Well, good. You'll be a great inspiration for me. I appreciate that. Now, here's a very introspective question for you, Paul. If you were a car, what kind of car would Paul be and why? Well, it's funny. I'd like to be – I was looking – I thought, what an interesting question. And I, I'm, I'm not a Ferrari. I've never felt like a Ferrari. I appreciate Ferraris, <laughs> but I'm not a Ferrari. But I, I'm kind of analytical, and I, I like to think that all my parts are in the right place. So I really am inspired by an Aurelia, a 19, mid-50s uh, uh, Lancia Aurelia Ooh. B20 GT. Oh. Because those cars are just, they're over-engineered. They drove really well for its time period. And then if you get one with the Nardi package, and I'd like to... Um, my last well, my the last four letters in my name, Chenard, Nard. Nard, okay. <laughs> uh, really, so uh, one of those with a uh, you know stick shift floor uh, floor stick shift Nardi package pushes all my buttons, and I like to think I'm kind of like that. Like I, I don't know, I think like that. I'm so that's why I'm Lance. B20 GT. Nice. Well, uh, Cars, yeah, past guest Donald Osborne, who's now on the, oh, yeah. the Jay Leno uh, Garage TV show, and he's, gosh, at every Concours event. I mean, a great guy. His ears are perking up because he's a big fan of Lancia. Uh, he has a beautiful Lancia, so, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There we go. So you and he would get along quite well, I think. <laughs> it's not the only Lancia I would l- I am a partial to Fulvia's, to HF's. Oh, and- yeah. Yeah, yeah, so very there's nice. a lot in in that in Stratos, of, of course. So okay. anyway, there, I like 
I just like their cars. Yeah, they're beautiful. So, Paul, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people. But what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, Finra Sipic. Okay, Paul, we're back and we're entering the last lap. And this is where I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Well, I guess the best, uh, buy the best you can with uh, the money you have. Yes. Like just, you know, do not skimp on that. Yeah, absolutely. Find the best you can find. Boy, I've heard yeah. that from a lot of very wise people. Would you share one of your personal habits that you believe has helped contribute to your success over the years? Well, I think uh, your f- focus and perseverance are really important if you want to pursue your passion. Like, <clears throat> you have to kind of have blinders on. Well, not, it's kind of like see through blinders, but you really, <laughs> you know, it's kind of you, you put it through, you put everything through a filter and, and say, does it? contribute to moving forward with my passion. Yep. So I'd say that's important. Yes, persistence, tenacity, absolutely. That's yeah. another reoccurring theme here on Cars, yeah. Now, how about a resource? There are tons of great resources out there, but is there one in particular you think the Cars, yeah listeners would enjoy? Well, I think I've learned that you don't acquire, always acquire credibility through web means. So I've worked very hard at getting the attention of magazines. Some I'm one of the most published automotive artists in, in magazines around the world. And I find that you get enormous credibility from that. On the web side of things, you have to make, the only way you get credibility is to stay on brand. You, if you, if you diverge from your brand, uh, you, you, it, your credibility on the web can break down very quickly. So that's back to that focus. And yeah. it's really important to stay, you know, Figure out what you are about and stick to that. Uh, you won't. I, I love whales, but you won't see anything about save the whales on my any of my branding because <laughs> it's off brand. Yeah, so. yeah, very good. There's your marketing background coming into play there. Yeah, yeah, very can't Im- help it. Hardwired. <laughs> now, how about a book? There's some great books out there, but is there one in particular you think our listeners would enjoy reading? That's a tough one, but there, there's one that just kind of, it's like a benchmark book, and it's kind of like, the way I look at it is like, okay, I can only have one book. Well, it, it's Dennis Jenkinson's The Racing Driver, mm. and I actually have two copies, and one uh, one has a slipcover on it, so that's my my gold standard. But then one, uh, someone, a friend gave it to me, and it had no cover on it so i did i did my own cover oh i, I like it yep yeah i see directly that directly on on it and but i say that would be at the 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 racing driver by dennis jenkinson yeah great. that's a great read and it's just a must-have book it is for any automotive library it sits on my shelf as well it's a fantastic yeah. book well listeners you can find links to all these great resources that paul has been so kind to share 
on his very own show notes page at carsyat.com slash Paul Chenard. Paul's last name is C-H-E-N-A-R-D. Yes. And there's another great place on the Cars Yeah website called Guest Recommended Books, where this book and the past 564 guest books are listed for quick, easy clicks to buy. All right, Paul, we are up to the checkered flag, and this last question can be a real doozy. <laughs> oh, no. If you could have only one really cool collector car in your garage, but don't worry about the price because I'll buy you whatever you'd like. Yeah. <laughs> what would that one vehicle be? And more importantly, why would you choose that car? Well, I, I, that was a, I mean, there's almost too many choices. Uh, <laughs> yes. I mean, I'm very, my all time favorite Grand Prix car is the 250F Maserati, the lightweight version, 1957. But okay, I can only have one car. And uh, being the practical guy, I and it has to be, it would be my daily driver, so that would be driving to the shows. So I have to go to my first car, the car I learned to drive in, 1966 Dodge Polaro Wagon. We called it, at home, we called it the Ark. It was just like driving the frigging Ark. We could have put two of every kind of animal in that. It was just so huge. But for going to shows, it would be great. And I have really fond memories of it going on ski trips and loading it up. And anyway, a great little, it was a great party car when I was a kid, but it was also the car I learned to drive in. And it, it had a nice look to it. So, uh, you know, I know that's kind of boring, but I, I love it. 66 Dodge Polaro Wagon. Oh, my gosh. Well, when you first mentioned the 250F Maserati, I went, oh, man, this is going to cost me a pretty penny. And then we went to the other extreme. You are the first one to ever pick that vehicle. I like the reasons why, but yeah, you've uh, you've lightened my load greatly today. I think I can <laughs> yeah. easily go out and buy you one of those things. So uh, you're the first with the '66 Dodge Polaro wagon, but I like the reasons. So that's why what makes that question so much fun. Well, Paul, you've taken me on an awesome ride today. I've really enjoyed your stories, and I want to thank you for sharing your journey with the Cars Yeah listeners. Could you offer us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset in that 66 Dodge Polaro yeah. wagon? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be a dream to do that. But uh, I don't know. Um, I guess people, uh, you know, I take the bus, I walk around town. People are always stuck to their frigging iPhones and don't really notice the world around them. And... In my, even my business world, uh, that's entirely the case. People are looking at 10 years down the road when they're not seeing the opportunity that is right at their fingertips, right in front of them. Mm -hmm. And I, I know it's good to have a master plan, but it's very good to be aware of what's around you. And I find people, uh, if there was one tip, I've, I've always gone with the flow, uh, on especially in a business opportunity, you go to an, an event, all I see is business opportunity because I'm not looking at the car down the, the track. I'm looking at what's right in front of me. And, and like I've been very, it's very good to be flexible and, and be able to move when you see opportunity, but you have to stop. It's like stop to smell the rose as well. It's like stop to smell the engine oil. Yes. And, um, and I just find that's if there was one thing I could tell people, that's it, you know, because there's opportunity right there at your fingertips. Yes. But if you're looking a mile down the road instead of looking at what's a few feet away from you, then you're not going to you're going to miss that opportunity. Yep. Absolutely. So. Great advice. 
And what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and what you're doing? Well, uh, actually, Google Images, if you want to, you know, be overwhelmed with imagery, you just do a Google image search of my name, Paul Chenard, C-H-E-N-A-R-D, and you'll, you'll find me, you'll find how to contact me, you'll find, but I have my, uh, my blog is, uh, Automobilia Art. So it's Automobilia Art, one word. So it's, it's instead of, uh, Automobilia, you have Automobilia with RT at the end dot com, and you can read my blog. And I'm on Facebook, and Facebook's been a great way to communicate with me, and that's how I, I get commissions that way. And uh, anyway, I'm I'm pretty easy to find. The only other Chenard I've Paul Chenard I've found is a a really great jazz musician in in Sydney, Australia, and I'm not him. He's also <laughs> good looking, so I'm really not him. There you go. <laughs> awesome. Well, listeners, again, you can find links to everything Paul has shared today, including links to uh, his website and how to find him on his very own show notes page at carsyeah.com. And today, again, as a reminder, Paul's giving away to one lucky subscriber one of his limited edition prints. So make sure you go to the Cars yeah website, subscribe by clicking on the free book button, and your name will be in the hat for that. Thank you very much for doing that. And thank you again for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your experiences with me and the listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Well, it's been a hoot. Loved it every second of it. Thanks a lot. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!